Welcome to the Lead Generation Strategies Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Myers. This podcast is brought to you by LeadGenerationSEOServices.com, and that's with an S at the end of services, and in Fuego Media. We get clients for customers, uh, more customers, patients, and their version of the client by creating multimedia content using a mix of AI or artificial intelligence, software automation, and fantastic writers. And then we distribute that content to over 400 partnership sites, a couple hundred of those are media sites like ABC, Fox, and NBC. And these traffic and rankings can be seen within 48 hours after publishing. So today, I want to welcome Mr. Greg, is it Paulos or Polos? Poulos. Poulos. Yeah. He wrote a book that you can get on Amazon titled Never Sit in the Lobby, 57 Winning Sales Factors to Grow a Business and Build a Career Selling. And what's cool is that uh, the 17 book, rev book review so far, and this is a newly published book, he's got an average star rating of 4.9. So that is awesome. Uh, so first, thanks, Greg, for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks, Joey. Great to be here. <laughs> so uh, Greg and I were talking right before this that with everything going on in the economy. Now, I think uh, real estate is on the, I don't want to say the chopping block because I got a lot of real estate friends that, you know, there's some good and the bad going on, but things have kind of turned since the interest rates have moved up. And we were talking, Greg's in telecom and just talking about some of the innovation and creativity we got to do now. So there's no better time than now to talk sales. And, and Glenn is really, really good at sales. So Glenn, kind of give people a background of your background, just kind of catch us up to speed and, you know, in, in, a, in a paragraph or two. Sure, no problem. Yeah, so I've been basically selling in a sales company uh, of various favors for about 37, I think, years it is now, since around 1985. So I think my math's okay there. And um, I, I was actually a civil servant for the federal government. In I live in Canada. I live in uh, near Toronto. And uh I work for Environment Canada, similar to the Weather Service, and uh, my boss said, hey, dude, you're in the wrong business. You need to go into sales. So <laughs> I, uh, I convinced the guy to hire me in, the, uh, in a tech, uh, technology sales company and um, kind of the, using the kind of instruments I was, I was working on at the government, I went to a company that sold them and, uh, and uh, started selling them. And then five, six years later, I started my own business. Uh, it was a sales company selling same kind of technology products and grew up for about 15 years and uh, ended up selling it to a public company. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's probably too long of a story to go into, but the reality is, is that the public company was probably not the best partner to pick and they closed down our division. And I had to actually start over uh, after 15 years and, um, and uh, I had to rebuild the company. So I started a similar business and grew it for another 15 years. And in February, I actually sold it again, a different company. <laughs> and uh, my, second, uh, my second exit, and this time it was uh, with a very large company out of Washington, DC, a private equity firm. And for an all cash deal this time, not, not a bunch of shares. And yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah. and so you know, during the pandemic, that was when I, uh, I didn't have anywhere to go or anything to do. We're all locked down in Canada and decided to write the book. Right. And, uh, 
yeah, lots of stories in those 37 years, which we can probably get into at the right moment here today. So mm -hmm. very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks for <clears throat> catching us up, up to speed there. And uh, I got to apologize. I called you Greg and it must've been oh, an auto okay. autocorrect thing. So it's Glenn. I'm sure it's not yeah. the, the worst thing that you've been called in those. In no, those no, years. it's your podcast. You can call <laughs> whatever you want. Just, <laughs> I could have called you whatever I wanted. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so kind of go, let's, let's start with, the getting back to we got to the present now. Um, so what's the biggest problem that you solve for for your clients in this in this telecom business? So we're we're um, we're bringing the the today's advanced technology to the markets that we serve and the geographies that we serve. And depending upon the the exact technology, we it's either across North America or across Canada. Some of it's just in Canada, some just in the U.S., some across all of North America. And we're scouring the globe, bringing advanced wireless solutions to the market. And uh, these are typically smaller companies that haven't, you know, uh, exploded into in terms of their size. And they bolt on to the world-class wireless companies like Ericsson, Nokia, Samsung, and companies like that, that, that are, you know, uh, household names. And, um, and we help, you know, we help build the, the wireless network, um, you know, in, in our, in our territory, you know, in the markets that we serve. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, um, we, we like to say there's a lot of wires and wireless and we sell wires. Right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. the conundrum there. Um, uh, so, so Glenn, what would you say that, and you've been in the telecom industry for, for how long? Since, uh, since 85, 1985. Okay. So, uh, let's just look back of the, the, the changes in that industry as you talk, you talk about technology and say, I know it moves really fast. So maybe in the last five years, what five right. years ago uh, versus now, what, what the technology, how far it's come. So, are you do you mean technology to be a salesperson or the technology that we'll we st start with start with the technology the technology in general and then we'll get into the sales side of it okay yeah so the 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 our business <clears throat> is governed by the g's of the world so we started in 2g 3g 4g 5g right and we're praying there's a 6g right because <laughs> we're, we're sort of uh, some of our customers are right in the just coming, uh, finishing up their 5G builds and uh, everyone's heard of 5G, right? And um, but this requires, you know, technology overlays by the carriers for the last five years, they've been, they were sort of coming out of the LTE 4G space and, um, you know, into the much more higher throughput, you know, it's all about speeds now and, you know, uh, multi rich content coming to you via your phone and totally different and you know, uh, <clears throat> imagine the difference between, you know, just serving voice calls at a stadium with 50,000 people compared to every single person on Facebook and Instagram and live streaming video up to their, you know, the bandwidth requirements are just out of this world. Right. And, right. um, and that's really the biggest change is that technology and what, and what the, how 5G's enabled that, those kinds of speeds and those kinds of applications to run. Mm -hmm. uh, on people's handsets. That's probably the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest change that I've seen. And I, yeah. And I, and I've seen some of the, in the crypto space too, some of the blockchains of, of some, oh, yeah. like the way, some interesting stuff where they're, they're multiplying, uh, just as a simple, um, we got a router and you got a certain extension, right? You got a certain area that that router will be, will give you wireless. You mean like the router. helium network or the yeah, helium? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's actually so many. There's the, the the helium network. Actually, that was a great thing, and I, I uh, 
Uh, I actually ordered a few myself, right? Because it's just yeah. so cool. Yeah. And uh, but there's there's a lot of them out there now. And I mean, you can actually have your own sort of wet base station on your house, right? Or at your work or wherever you have real estate, you can put up one of these little mini cells. Mm -hmm. It's a nano cell or a femto cell, even it's so so small in terms of its footprint, mm -hmm. and sell that, you know, sell your internet service. It connects to the internet. And to the back end of the carrier, like T-Mobile or Verizon, AT&T, and they pay you for the people coming on the network, right? And um, as people roam onto your your helium box or whatever, you get paid for that, right? And you get paid in crypto, which, um, yeah. It's kind of cool. And and they're it's an very cool. Yeah. I mean, they're not up and coming, I guess. They've been established for a little bit now. They're just kind of, like you said, building their their network, the people's network. But one of the cool things that I had uh, seen an article, the, was it the low ray ma? What is it? The long range? Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Where it can take a signal and it can uh, push it out to like 2.6 kilometers. Uh, so now your radius is like 2.6 kilometers. It's crazy how much yeah. bigger that they're, is that something that the telecom industry is, is trying to adopt or trying to modify to match? Yeah. The, well, it's funny. The, uh, the, 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 the area that I'm involved in primarily is the funny, the footprints are actually shrinking because uh, really the market we're serving is that high, super high speed market mm -hmm. where they're raising the frequencies. And so the distance will shrink, right? Gotcha. Th mm -hmm. Though that technology is a little bit lower frequency and it can, it can penetrate farther and it can go through things like trees and other obstructions. Mm -hmm. And um, whereas the really advanced technology, some of the stuff we're working on is up in the 60 and 80 gigahertz range, but it's only a few hundred feet that the that these base stations will go, but the data, the bandwidths are insane, right? Mm -hmm. and, and this mm -hmm. is what the carriers are testing right now. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of at both ends of the spectrum, right? There's systems that can serve rural or semi-rural or, uh, you know, suburban markets where you want to spread it out because the people are spread out and then the dense urban super uh super dense markets or stadiums and things like that where there's fifty thousand people mm -hmm. you know in a small little footprint right uh, but in your neighborhood that might only amount to like a couple hundred people right in the same right space. right yeah interesting i didn't know that yeah. about that uh it makes sense though where you get a higher intensity <clears throat> bandwidth or whatever you can download faster everything but you're obviously your zone's going to shrink a little bit because right. it's not yeah. using microwaves or whatever it is that, exactly those waves yeah um, so let's let's move into the the sales uh, part of things. So I have sure. Glenn on because he's a sales guy, and uh, typically our audience, he's an expert expert in this. Um, and typically our audience are like real estate agents, are maybe uh, dental practice owners or service based industry business owners, things like that. And so I wanted to have Glenn on so that he can share some salesmanship stuff because I think at this time in the economy, it's it's there's no better time than to talk sales now to to better our sales processes and and things like that. Um, so with say, let's talk about real estate agents. They're very good, personable people, for the most part, extroverted, but there are some introverted ones. They base most of their business off of referral. Right now, what may need to happen, which as you probably would agree is more of, I would say more of a defensive lead strategy, right? You don't really control it. It just, I mean, you can't control it, but it's your, it's a sit and wait type of scenario. Uh, what's your advice for a business that puts a lot of into, into referral? Um, what are like maybe the top two sales strategies that you would use for um, those, those type of people? 
so yeah, so it's always funny when this comes up because and a lot of the a lot of the techniques in, in the book are somewhat they come across sounding a little bit old school because of the stories maybe are from a while ago, mm -hmm. but the lessons actually are universal, as I'll explain in a minute. But yep. so the the way I explain it is that you know I suggest people like realtors and uh, you know and anyone that's look needs a large deal like say a lead funnel or deal funnel coming at them to basically try to work with outsource companies to drive those uh, to drive those deals to them and not have them spend their time generating that kind of uh, and for the basically the way I explain it is. When you're in front of the customer, that's selling. Everything else is marketing, and you should hire good companies to help you with that. And mm -hmm. because you're either a marketer or you're a seller, you could do both, but you can't be in two places at one time, right? right. So I recommend people use services, and and I mean, I think you're the expert on this in terms of you know AI and lead generation and things like that, and bringing that. The, the salesman's job is to take those leads and get in front of the customer and then stay in front of the customer through a series of techniques and, you know, just methodologies of so that they're constantly building that rapport and that relationship. And that's and then they, those people then pass on your name willingly to everyone else because you're such a pleasure to do business with, if I can say it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so so I'm constantly uh, trying to help either my guys or, uh, or other people that I'm talking to, or, you know, coaching, you know, to, uh, to figure out which side of the spectrum you want to be on the lead generation and the marketing where the chairs are comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then the sales job where the chairs have nails in the bottom of them. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's kind of funny and it's, but, you know, true salespeople, they're happiest when they are in front of customers. And, but sometimes they get a little bit tired and, uh, you know, they sit in their chair and the chair gets comfortable and having just another coffee or whatever, but really the real magic happens when they're in front of the customer. Mm -hmm. And, and so they have to, they have to build systems and processes to drive them with leads so they can, they can make that phone call, schedule a meeting, get in front of them. And then when you're there, you know, drive the next meeting and the next meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the one, one trick that I always tell people, which is, they're saying like, oh, I have a hard time, you know, getting another appointment with the guy. And I said, well, you should have come back with the appointment. Like the next appointment is easy because you're going to make it when you're there. Right. Like mm -hmm. now, of course, if the whole thing's dead and done and whatever, it, it, maybe there's no follow up meeting. But most of the time there, especially even if you just got the deal, the next meeting will be sort of a celebration lunch or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Like or, you know, even a coffee drop off bottle of wine, whatever you're doing, if you're a realtor and um but you, you always want to be when you're finishing the last call, you want to book the next meeting so that you could be. And when they're when they're in that flow with you, they're going to agree to that next meeting. Now that's done. And then you can start building calls in that area around that meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Great advice. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. I was talking with a realtor down. I think it was down down in Malibu and it was it was kind of a two gal team and uh, they business been around for a while. One of the gals was kind of a mentee, the, the mentor, and, and then she got hired on and uh, they were busy doing their sales and, and working the referrals. But like you said, not having time to pull in new leads. So I think it's great advice to delegate that out to somebody, a, a marketing team that can do that and, and bring that in. So I, I thought that's great. Um, yeah, it's hard to do two things at once. I've done that myself. I, I like the sales side of things. Um, but you know, you have to pick one or the other, I think, yeah. um, you, you have a chapter that you talk a lot about the importance of leaving a voicemail 
uh, and right. or email. So can you go into some yeah. of those, those strategies a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Always, always leave a voicemail. Right. And, um, and I, I do, you know, I do go on sort of, uh, ad nauseum in the book about that. And, uh, and whenever I'm asked about it and, uh, but I also, there's a story in the book that where I tell where, uh, you know, there was a time some years back when I was actually going through a divorce and I was kind of, let's say down in the dumps and I wasn't at my best and I had stopped responding to, uh, you know, voicemails and stuff like that. And I didn't realize, I'll just, the quick version of the story is that, you know, it kind of became a standing joke, like, oh, leave a voicemail for me, right? And it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> like if you never want to call back, leave him a voicemail, right? <laughs> but when the guy, one of my work coworkers finally, you know, ripped the bandaid off and told me that story, right? Like for me, <clears throat> it was like, it shook me to my core. And I like, I never forgot that. And um, it was shortly after that, that that company closed after I had sold it and I had to start my new business. And I vowed that I would always pick up the phone if possible. And I would always return phone calls. Um, and if it was a salesman, uh, you know, and they'd gone to the trouble of leaving me a voicemail, even if it was for like toner cartridges that I didn't need, I would still phone them back. Right. And, um, and so my, my attitude about the voicemail is like, it's so annoying when someone kind of, I call it drunk dialing, right? Where they call you and they call you and they call you and they never leave a voicemail. And <laughs> soon enough, you like, you know, you see area code 586 or whatever. And it's like, anyone from 586, I'm not picking up, <laughs> right? Because, right? you know, it was that guy who called once, you couldn't take the call, whatever, you know who it was. And then he just keeps drunk dialing you over and over, never leaves a voicemail. And now you're wondering what the heck it was about. And so I always say, always leave a voice. If you're going to make the phone call, don't be that guy that phones and then hangs up and then calls back an hour later, mm -hmm. leave a voicemail, never more, less than 20 seconds, never more than 30 seconds. And they say, why less, no, no, you know, why can't it be less than 20 seconds or whatever? And the reason why is because a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people, they look at the time amount on the voicemails. Mm -hmm. And if they're under a certain length, they just delete them because they're thinking, well, nothing of any merit could be said in seven seconds, right? <laughs> you know, you know, Jack from Xerox, call me back, click, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's not, I know, maybe I can understand what that was, but still it's not a very good voicemail, right? right. And um, so, I'll, you know, 20 to 30 seconds. And I always, I'm always prepared for the reason why I'm calling, right? One of my rules when you're visiting or, or when you're phoning, you know, something in your hand and something in your mind. When you're calling them, the phone is in your hand and your deal, the, 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 the reason you're calling is what's in your mind. Same in your visit, you know, could be literature, could be a quote, could be a, you know, a mouse pad or a water bottle or a pen, whatever your company's giving with something in your hand, something in your mind to talk about. And you want to start off with, you know, you know, I'm calling because, you know, We've been working with companies like yours, you know, increasing productivity, reducing downtimes, increasing production capacity, whatever it is your business does, some sort of a compelling, and I call it kind of like a greedy uh, need that you're going to fill and say, look, you know, I want to get 15 minutes on your calendar or whatever it is. If you can give me a call back, I'll send you an email to follow up. And then you're giving the guy kind of an out. He doesn't have to phone you back. And then it gives you an opportunity to phone back. And he knows, it kind of says, oh, yeah, that was that guy. And he's got that production, you know, capacity increaser or whatever, or, you know, that new car or that, you know, that three bedroom house or whatever, whatever it is you sell. Right. And so you're more inclined to pick up the call the second time or I'm going to follow it up with an email. And I could then if I'm so inclined, I could reply to the email and say, 
we're looking at three bedroom houses, but not today, you know, can we do it in two weeks or what have you? And, you know, and I'm just building up a series of patterns and companies that I'm dealing with on an ongoing basis. And it eventually, you know, by doing that, phoning proper voicemails, compelling reason for calling, follow up with an email, phone back, eventually you end up, and then depending upon what goes on on the phone call, I'm always trying to get in front of them because then you're gauging the competition, what else they're looking at, what the environment is they work in, you know, um, your competitive product could be sitting on the guy's desk right now, you know, and uh, heck, he could be wearing that guy's shirt, right? Yeah. And uh, right, it's like, oh, okay, well, I know, I know who you bought from last time, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, those are some of the reasons why around voicemails and why I why I'm compelled to leave them and, um, and some of the guidelines around how I leave them. So, yeah, a uh, very good advice. And, uh, you know, we have, we have, a over since the last couple of years, we have this more zoom environment as well, right. you know? Uh, so what's your, what's your advice? Um, actually, before we get to that, one of the things that I've, I've actually picked up on recently when getting back to the voicemails or even email is not doing too much in a voicemail or email, not yeah. trying to, Hey, check out this website. Hey, this oh, is, you know, trying to do too many things that are right. like two, three steps. Like it's just one step at a time. Um, what's your advice on that? So, yeah. So voicemails and emails in that area of the book, it all kind of goes together. And also with the email as well, if it's like more than a couple sentences, then, then you need to talk to them on the phone or do it when you're visiting them because nobody, everybody hates a novel over email. It's like, oh my god i'm already like a paragraph in i'm already bored <laughs> and you know i mean you're not compelled to read this guy's three paragraph email right mm -hmm. and they think they crafted the best things in sliced bread <laughs> right. and and i mean nowadays on linkedin you probably get like three a day of those right and right. uh and they seem well written but they're missing the mark in terms of being you know intuitive towards the person they're writing to right and uh mm -hmm. and so um the so i always keep the uh to keep the email succinct and, um, you know, it's just a follow up to maintain the contact and the voicemail. Again, I'm always in that range of trying to be 20 to 30 seconds. And really, I'm just sort of really what I'm trying to do is drop that what I call that little greedy tidbit. Right. Which is, you know, there's a new house that hit the market. There's a new, you know, uh, you know, a new technique of this. There's a new production method of that. There's a new instrument, a new box, a new widget, whatever, whatever it is you guys you sell. Right. And um and try to say, and then, you know, you would try to drive him to be compelled to want to talk to you about it and then say, look, you know, I'll follow up with you later today, tomorrow, whatever. I'll also send you an email, you know, feel free to get back to me, you know, but do it quickly. And I always skip all the other, you know, BS pleasantries, right? And I, I kind of acted out in the book, right, where I have these two scenarios where the guy calls up and it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, it's, it's Glenn from Acme. Uh, did I catch you at a bad time? And, uh, like that, I'm already set off at that point. Right. And then, mm -hmm. and then it's like, Oh, do you have a minute and to chat? And I'm like, dude, you're already 30 seconds in. I can't stand you. Right. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Like, no, it's Jack from Acme. You know, we've been working with some factories in your area, saving them, you know, saving them 20% on their, on their, on their maybe electricity bills or gas bills on their tow motors, right. Mm -hmm. On their forklifts, on their trucks, you know, tire wear, whatever, whatever it is you sell. Right. And I, you know, I wanted to see if I could get, you know, 15 minutes of your time to go over some of the, some of the things, this, that, or the other. And, and, um, and don't start off with all those fake pleasantries that just 
really just annoy people right and um and i literally script it right out in the book how i how i do it right mm -hmm. and um and i always skip you know and the other thing is i don't actually say how are you i always say because if i say to you how are you you have you always are going to say pretty much fine how are you right because right. you you were programmed that way by your parents right mm -hmm. it's a programmed response but if i say hey, hey joe i hope you're doing well I just wanted to drop a little tidbit, you know, I just wanted to drop this little morsel of knowledge on your plate. Like it, nowhere in there are you compelled to that reciprocity of asking me how I am because you don't care and, you know. I don't know right? you. You don't know me or whatever, right? But I still asked you how you were kind right, of right. indirectly, right? right? Hope you're doing well, boom, right? And I'm straight in, no delays mm -hmm. and just get straight to the point, right? And um the it's it's un, unbelievable if you listen i don't know if you get a lot of sales calls like on the phone but because i try to pick up the, all the phone calls and stuff sorry that's uh, speaking of phone calls that was yeah. right on that was right yeah. on par right there yeah <laughs> that was a little timer thing sorry and, okay. <laughs> uh, um the um you know uh I, that but it caused me to completely lose my train of thought right and um well, that's that's okay um so how about on, and, and I, I know we're, we're getting up on our time here. So I know that's what that was probably reminding yeah. you of, which is good. I want to be respectful of your time. So um, maybe one more question. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of stay in the real estate uh, uh, side and uh, what, what's your, what, what are the two big things in an in-person meeting? So for real estate agents meeting with a, a prospective client, right at the house, um, what, what are the two, two big no-nos on that? Uh, okay, so well, the definitely the the biggest no no for me is a, is a thing I call um, implied familiarity also breeds contempt, right? Mm -hmm. Where and I tell a good story in the book where the guy goes in and this could be an officer at the person's home and I I see a photo and it's him and his guy fishing and he's holding a fish, right? And I start mm -hmm. off with, oh my god, yeah, like bass fishing, I'm a pro, you know, blah blah blah. Maybe we should go do some bass fishing. And the guy looks over his shoulder at the photo and he goes, oh my god, he goes that's my that's my ex ex father-in-law right i'm divorced from her god he was an asshole and i i forgot that photo was even there takes the photo throws it in the garbage calls you know what i fucking hate fishing right i only did that to shut the wife up and we're right. not even married anymore right like don't pretend that you know the people right like don't be like fake uh you know, there's that saying, familiarity breeds contempt. You hang around someone too long and see all their bad points. And right. And so if you imply like, you know, them really well, that is very also upsets people. And right. It's like, you don't know me, like, you don't know that I like fishing or skiing or surfing or whatever, you know, don't, don't, you know, you have to, you have to go at it from a more, um, like pandering you know, genuine. Like yeah. You got to go from more genuine approach. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, the, the, we have a thing. The other one is, the, you know, uh, watch your weekend problem, which is a little thing we do. So, uh, the, and it's the same so you don't forget it. Watch your weekend problem. So the watch means always check out their watch. And if it's of any quality at all, notice their watch and say, oh my God, that's a really nice watch, right? Mm -hmm. And it just inspires a lot of talking a lot of times in people mm -hmm. where they got it, who gave it to them, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, and your weekend is, it's, instead of asking them about the fishing or whatever, say, look, what do you guys do on the weekend? You know, when you're not working, whatever, you know, and that you often find out a lot of things. Oh, I'm a ballroom dancer. I'm a singer. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I water ski. I do this. I surf, I fish, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what's the biggest problem you're facing right now in your business, in your home, and you're this and you're that, right? Like mm -hmm. whatever challenge, whatever you're, you know, you know, uh, 
whatever you're facing. So watch your weekend problem. That's the other thing we always try when you're trying to inspire conversation in people and it kind of gets, you know, uh, it kind of gets the conversation flowing in a non kind of salesman kind of a way, right? Mm -hmm. Builds rapport, mm -hmm. which I'm really big on building and keeping and maintaining rapport and frame mm -hmm. around rapport. Great, great advice, yeah. Glenn. Great advice. So, um, so to be respectful of your time, where can people find you get more information? Uh, I mentioned the book on Amazon, yeah. but just kind of yeah. throw it out there. So I have a website, glennpoulos.com, G-L-E-N-N-P-O-U-L-O-S.com. And all the links are there, all my socials, very active on LinkedIn and uh, on all the other socials as well. And uh, love to, if anyone wants to talk, collaborate in any way, have a question, anytime they can feel free to get a hold of me. I'll be sure to answer the phone call or phone them back or respond to them on, on LinkedIn. Cool. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah. So, uh, so if you like this podcast episode, then please like review and or share. We really appreciate the feedback. If you're interested in hearing more about our multimedia marketing events, then please visit leadgenerationseoservices.com again with an S at the end there on the website and click on the marketing events link to watch a three to four minute video overview of what those marketing events are. So Glenn po Polos, Palos. Yeah. Polos. Polos. Yeah. Polos. Yeah. So yeah. he, he wrote a book again, and uh, you can get this on Amazon or at his website. He just mentioned it is called never sit in the lobby, 57 winning sales factors to grow a business and build a career selling. So Glenn, thank you for joining us thank today. You. Thank you. Very All right. Much. Hold on. Hold on.